Good morning again. As I was reading the gospel, I had a slight distraction. I really want to know what Elijah, Moses, and Jesus were talking about. But that is not the subject of the sermon, too bad. Have no idea, but it's an interesting thought. So as Elijah and Elisha continued walking and talking, a chariot of fire and horses of fire separated the two of them. Elijah ascends in a whirlwind and Elisha is left behind to carry on the prophetic tradition. He bears the cloak of the prophet. In our gospel, Jesus brings Peter, James, and John to the top of a mountain, is transfigured, and then as they return from this experience, Jesus tells them to keep silent about all that has transpired until after the Son of Man is risen from the dead. These two readings, I think, provide a not quite in parallel uh, idea for us. Elijah is taken in a flaming chariot, and Elisha is really commanded to go back to the people, go back and be the prophet, be God's prophet, speak God's word. On the other hand, Jesus is transfigured into dazzling white garments, and the disciples are cautioned, tell no one until the Son of Man has risen from the dead. Two similar but very different ways of understanding how God interacts with us. We are, in a way, at a place in our liturgical life where we stand on the edge of something. Just as Elisha stood there puzzled, and James and John and Peter were more than puzzled. They were actually terrified, which shows how sensible they are. And they knew they were on the edge of something and that God was asking something more. In a book titled Borderlands, a priest named David Adams, whose ministry was largely spent on the island of Lindisfarne, writes an introduction that I often return to when I sense that I'm standing on the edge of something. He wrote, For much of my life I have lived in what is called marginal lands. These are areas where some are afraid to go forward and some refuse to venture. Areas where others see and reach beyond. I have been used to the far-reaching views where you feel that it is only your own short-sightedness that prevents you from seeing deeper or further. It is exciting to walk the very edge of things, whether it is a clifftop or an idea, or perhaps I would add a call. There is something invigorating about our treading on the edge of the familiar, pressing beyond the border of the known and reaching out to new horizons. If we do not adventure, there is something in us that will die. I like places where the elements meet, 
where the wave crashes or laps on the shore, where the earth touches the sky, where day turns into night or night into day. At such places, there is always an intersection and an encounter for those with eyes to see. If we don't embrace the challenge of Lent, something in our spiritual life will be dying. This Sunday in our liturgical life is in fact a borderland. We are standing on the edge of something. For us, it is Lent. We can move forward with our eyes open, ready to encounter the landscape of scripture and spiritual practice that beckon us to journey with Jesus to Calvary. As Date of Adams said, there is something invigorating about our treading on the edge of the familiar, pressing beyond the border of the known and reaching out to new horizons. This is the Lenten invitation. Press beyond the border, reach out to some new horizon. The disciples and Elisha pressed beyond the familiar and we know they reached new horizons. We are completing the season of Epiphany, the season where the church on each Sunday invites us to encounter Jesus as Messiah, God with us, Jesus making himself known as God's son. Now we move into the season of Lent, where we are invited to make the journey to Calvary with Jesus, knowing that we are climbing a very different mountain. Icons of the Transfiguration are among the earliest works in this form of religious expression. The former Archbishop of Canterbury and theologian Rowan Williams reflects deeply on the image of the Transfiguration. Allow me a moment to share this reflection with you because he gives us a good sense of the image which I think might help us as we move into the next phase of our liturgical life, our prayer life. The Eastern Christian representation of the Transfiguration has been much the same for nearly a thousand years. It is one of the most dramatic and distinctive images in the tradition. Christ, his robes pure white, stands on a rocky outcrop Often his feet do not actually touch the ground. He is placed against a background of darker color, red or deep blue or both, in concentric circles or oval mandala shapes. Or especially in later versions, stars or similar geometrical patterns. Moses and Elijah stand on the peaks of the rock, one on each side, and further down, the mountain are the disciples in disarray. In the mystery and event of transfiguration, we see the disciples, Jesus' humanity opening up to his divinity, its inner dimension. Again, Rowan Williams gives us a profound insight when he writes, belief in Jesus is seeing him as the gateway to the endless journey into God's love. We're on an edge. 
we're being beckoned to go deeper, to press further. To what? To the endless journey of God's love. That's why we repeat these cycles every year. Because we are moving in that endless and wonderful journey into the love of a God who came among us, who made himself known to us, who died, and yes, we know he rose again. On this last Sunday in Epiphany, as we stand on the edge, the borderland of our Lenten observance, this is the invitation of our scriptures to enter into a new awareness that we are on the endless journey into God's love. Amen.